On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right. Good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon or good evening. I could be listening to this any time. Um, but what's not in question uh, is the fact that I have to say the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives, goals or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, you should always talk to an investment advisor and you can find out more about our services in that regard at our website, which is craigsip.com. Right, let's look back on last week. Another good one uh, for most share markets across the board, actually, but in particular the US, the S&P 500 in the US just keeps going up. Uh, had another very strong week last week, up 2.6%. So that's the fifth week in a row uh, that the market has risen. Uh, and that was actually the strongest week we've had since uh, the end of March. So it, it just continues to perform very well. Um, US shares are up 15% this year, or the S&P 500 is at least, uh, which means that index has rebounded 23.3% from the lows that it fell to in October. Uh, and it's not quite back uh, at the record highs that were reached in January of last year, January 2022, but it's getting closer. It's just 8.1% away from those levels now. Um, we, we, we've had, what are, what are, she, what are US investors uh, optimistic about? Well, the Federal Reserve last week uh, left interest rates unchanged. So that's the first time in you know close to a year that they had a meeting, a monetary policy decision, and they didn't increase interest rates. They just left um, rates unchanged. Uh, you've also got ongoing optimism over artificial intelligence and what it might mean for productivity and so forth. So a lot of the tech stocks are um, pushing higher uh, as investors get very excited about that. Time will tell whether they're a little bit overdone. Many people think that maybe they've got a bit ahead of themselves and there's just a bit too much excitement over AI. Um, we all know that'll be a big deal in the years to come, but you know maybe maybe they've just got a little bit ahead of themselves in the short term. But that that is a, a driving factor at the moment. We've also had uh, more evidence that U.S. inflation is headed lower, and it was um, just on Friday night we had the University of Michigan survey, one-year inflation expectations down to three point three percent in June. Uh, that's the lowest level since March 2021, and it's just another piece of, piece of evidence that um, uh, the belief is that the Fed is getting inflation under control, and we all know uh, inflation expectations are equally as important as actual inflation because they drive people's um, behaviour, so that's, that's a good thing. Um, and we've also had further signs that the labour market in the US is uh, beginning to ease. We had um, uh, US weekly jobless claims come out on Thursday last week, overnight on Thursday, and they remained quite high, the same as they were the previous week, and that was the highest levels we'd seen since late 2021. So uh, again, that is just providing people confidence that what the Federal Reserve is doing is working, uh, getting the labour market, uh, causing it to ease a little bit, uh, causing inflation to come down, and that's obviously good because it means you won't see too many more, maybe no more interest rate hikes, and at some point the, the Fed will be able to reduce rates. Um, we'll talk about that 
uh, a little bit later because they did have the meeting last week, as I mentioned. But anyway, US shares are very strong, up 15-odd percent um, year-to-date, which is fantastic. Other markets were also pretty good, where the US, sorry, the European market uh, up 1.5%, the UK up about 1.1%, Aussie up about one8 uh, the NZX50 locally rose 0.9%, so shrugging off that pretty pretty subdued GDP report, which we'll also talk about. Um, on the interest rate front, US interest rates up slightly. Uh, the two-year Treasury yield went from 46 to 4.7. The 10-year yield still sitting at about 3.8, so not very not very much moved. Uh, but it was a bit of a roller coaster through the week. Um, you had, had lots of things happen last week, and sort of rates were up, then they were down again, then they were up, then they were down again. So there was a lot of movement. Um, but they didn't end up very different sort of on a week-to-week basis. It was a similar story here. We had a volatile week, you know, particularly on Thursday. You had that Fed... Um, commentary come out and that saw interest rates go up then we had our gdp numbers rates were down again then you got some aussie employment data which was quite strong interest rates up again but you look at the change over the week and there wasn't much difference at all um the five-year swap rate you know went from 4.60 to 4.62 over the course of the week so a lot of movement sort of uh through the week but um the week ended pretty much where it started Uh, Looking back at some of those key releases, the Federal Reserve was the key one last week and they left interest rates unchanged, which was mostly expected. It wasn't completely expected, but it was sort of, you know, priced into the tune of about 70%. So it was mostly expected, but people did see a chance of them moving. Uh, They chose not to. They they left rates unchanged. However, they did open the door for... um, future interest rate hikes and their their dot plot as they call it which is sort of the 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 internal survey they do of their voting members and everyone sort of says where they think rates will go over the next year or two um so it's sort of a, a bit of a proxy for for where the feds at in terms of their train of thought uh that dot plot did suggest that uh the Fed funds rate will will end this year higher than we expected before. So they've they've got another rate hike or two penciled in um, in their thinking. That might not happen. You know, I think they will be very data dependent from here. And what that means is that as each economic release comes out, whether it's the jobs report, whether it's inflation, whether it's this, whether it's that, those things will. Um, I mean, they, they will respond to the data. So if things continue to be very strong and very inflationary, they probably will hike rates another one or two times. Um, but if inflation keeps going in the right direction, as it has been, and if the, the labour market, uh, not weakness, but just seeing a little bit of an easing of late, if that continues, then with a bit of luck, they might not have to do any more. They're at 5.25%, which is just behind us. Uh, but for them, that's that's high. That's the highest since 2007. So my suspicion is that they'll either stay there, and that'll be it, or you might get one more rate hike um, coming in, in due course. But uh, we'll reserve the right to change our view um, as we see new information, just like the Fed is doing. They've got four more meetings this year. So the next one is in late July. Uh, then there's mid-September and then there's um, a couple more. So 
uh, late July is sort of the next opportunity, and that'll be a really interesting meeting. Um, we'll 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 be monitoring all the data that comes out between now and then to see what it points to. So that was the Fed, um, sort of a bit of both, uh, mixed bag. You can sort of choose what you'll take from that. No change, which is sort of good, but then opening the door or suggesting that you might um push through a couple more hikes later on so they're, they're probably hedging their bets as well uh the ecb that's the european central bank they had a meeting they increased interest rates fully expected so they're at 3.5 percent now that's the highest uh, in more than 20 years they're still playing catch up you know compared to the the fed in the us or the reserve bank here in new zealand remember that this time last year they had negative interest rates right um, so they they were quite slow to start normalising monetary policy, and they've probably still got a little bit more work to do. You know, I think um, I think there's probably one or two increases more coming, so they might end up at you know three point seven five, maybe four percent in terms of their policy rate. Uh, staying with the global data and indicators, we had the US inflation report for May. This was this was good. We saw a pleasing moderation in inflation. Uh, the CPI increased 0.1% for the month at the headline level, and that means the annual inflation rate, the annual headline inflation rate, slowed to 4.0%, which is which is good. That's the lowest since March 2021, more than two years ago, and it's well down from 9.1% from June last year. That was a 41-year high. So four is still twice what the Fed would like it to be but it's absolutely coming down in the right and going in the right direction and um, having been 9.1 uh, pretty much you know 11 months ago um, that's that's great news so look hopefully that continues core inflation uh, still a little bit higher that it, it was it came in at 5.3 which pretty much as expected but you know it's it's not coming down quite as quickly uh, so that was the the global news here in New Zealand it was another busy week um, we had the housing market report and I recorded a, an entire podcast on what I thought of this um, and I wrote a, a piece of work on it too, um, just a couple of pages with my thoughts. So I won't dwell on it because you can just go and hunt that out and have a listen. Long story short, I think the slump is nearing an end and I think that we're pretty much at the bottom. You know, you never know, maybe there's a little bit more weakness to come. You know, who knows if there is, probably not much though, but I get the distinct feeling that things are stabilising. So that's good news from an economic perspective, good news for confidence, good news for sentiment. Um, however, don't get your hopes up that the housing market is about to take off again and that there's, you know, huge value there um, because there isn't. Prices are still quite expensive and not particularly affordable. Um, and I actually don't think it's going to sort of get away on us again. So I'm, I'm in the camp where it's um, it's probably done falling, uh, but it's not necessarily going to rise significantly. It might rise a little over the next sort of, you know, little while, or it might just sort of bounce along the bottom and kind of go sideways. There's still, still quite a few uh, headwinds ahead for the housing market. But, you know, the fact that prices stop, you know, falling aggressively will be a good thing but go, go have a listen to that podcast and you'll uh, get a clearer picture for why I think what I think then you can let me know if you agree or disagree everyone's a housing market expert here in New Zealand 
Uh, also, we had our GDP data. This was for the March 2023 quarter. And GDP fell 0.1%, which was in line with market expectations. Um, that's, so that's what all the economists were expecting. But it was below what the Reserve Bank was expecting. They were expecting a 0.3% increase. So um, at, at minus 0.1, that's a little bit weaker than where they were at. So because in the previous quarter, which was the December quarter, we saw a decline then as well of 0.6%. So you've had down 0.6, then down 0.1. Some people might consider that to be a recession because a lot of people um, uh, consider two consecutive quarters of contraction to constitute a recession. So that um, that meets the criteria, and that's why you saw that in some of the headlines. Now, I wouldn't get too hung up on that. It's a pretty arbitrary rule. Um, and I don't know who even came up with that rule. You know, it's it's really just one of those kind of rules of thumb rather than something that matters a lot. Um, I suspect most sensible economists would say it's not really weak enough to consider it a proper recession, you know, down 0.1%. You know, it's so close to zero. It's within the margin of error anyway. Um there's every chance that it gets revised up to be a little bit higher or to be sort of flat. So, you know, it might not happen anyway. But I think when you're thinking when you're when you're thinking about recessions, um, you know, they, there is a range of recessions. There's bad ones and there's less bad ones. Um, but it doesn't even really stack up for me as one of the mild ones because you just haven't seen. You know, it's not deep enough in terms of the decline in activity and it's not broad enough either. You know, you need to see weakness across the board. You need to see things like unemployment going up and, and a bit more pain out there. So for me, it's 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 a pretty weak recession. You know, it's if, if, if that's going to call itself a recession, it should be embarrassed about that. You know, it should, you know, we need to see more weakness than that to, to really consider it you know, something more significant. So um, who knows where we go from here. We will just um, keep keep an eye out on the economy. But I guess what it does tell us, whether it's a recession or not, you know, make your own minds up. But the trend is still clear. The economy is slowing from the, you know, overheated levels of a year or two ago. And, um, you know, things are getting more difficult. So there'll be some sectors that are feeling the brunt of the slowdown more than others. And, um, you know, remember that's sort of an aggregate measure of what's happening right out there across the economy. So you've got parts of the economy like tourism that are actually going pretty good at the moment and are very, very solid. And then you've got other parts of the economy you know, especially those parts of the economy that are more linked to interest rates, such as, you know, construction and anything sort of related to that part of um, that sector, uh, they, they're well and truly in recession. So, you know, there'll be elements of the economy that are, you know, uh, doing quite well, some that are in recession, some that are kind of just in the middle going sideways. Um, so that was that was most of, of last week's um news. Uh, so that's sort of the roundup there. Looking out this week, starting internationally, um, June flash PMIs for many of the world's biggest economies and PMI stands for Purchasing Managers Index. Um, so these are essentially activity indicators really. Um, they'll, be, they'll be very interesting because they come out very quickly. So these will, these will be June, covering the month of June. So it's a very sort of finger on your pulse sort of measure of what's happening out there. We'll get them for Australia, Japan, the US, the UK, you know, Europe, um, 
in you know all the parts of Europe, uh, France, Germany, elsewhere, and so forth. So the Aussie one, I think, is first cab off the rank, eleven a.m. on Thursday, maybe. Um, I think it's on Thursday, and then I think you get the Japanese one to follow uh, on the Friday, just after lunch, and then the UK and Europe and the US sort of overnight that night. So they'll be sort of late in the week. But what will I be watching for? Well everything really how is growth tracking how is activity tracking is there still a gulf between the services sector which is going really well in the manufacturing sector which is in a major slump that's a really interesting gap that's developed so we'll be watching that um and what are the inflationary indicators telling us so uh that'll be really interesting to watch those flash pmis on the central bank front, uh, obviously had the Fed last week, which um, was the main event, but they will be in the spotlight again this week. Fed Chair Jerome Powell will be providing his testimony to Congress. So every six months, um, I think this has been the case since the late 70s, um, every, every Fed Chair six-monthly has to present to the House and the Senate. So, you know, I think um, I think Powell is talking to one of the House committees on Wednesday and then a Senate committee on Thursday. So they'll quiz him about the economy. Where do you think things are going? You know, why are you raising interest rates so aggressively? You know, are you going to push us into recession? What do you think is going to happen with unemployment? Um, all manner of things. So, you know, markets are obviously really interested in watching that exchange because they will, you know, be able to listen to some of his responses and get some further insights into how he is thinking so this will just build on what we saw from the fed um last week so that'll be that'll be a, a key event to um keep an eye on both of them you know wednesday and thursday probably wednesday the the, the more relevant one um we've also got the bank of england uh which is meeting overnight on thursday i believe and they are likely to hike interest rates again so their policy rate is four and a half percent i think off the top of my head and um they'll go another 25 basis points this week i would i would expect uh so that'll see them at 4.75 that's the highest since 2008. The, the UK's got a bit of a problem because inflation, while it's come down from you know 11 point something, it's still tracking much, much higher than they expected it to and what um, other countries of the world have come down to. So their headline inflation rate is still 8.7%. You know, the US is down at four now, um, 8.7 that that's super high so the the bank of england has more work to do than many expected and uh end of this week they'll end up at 4.75 current pricing suggests that they could have to go as high as six percent you know right through into next year as they try and sort of get a handle on things and get this inflation under control that would be the highest that we've seen uh, in terms of their policy rate since 2001 so um we'll have to wait and see whether they do have to go that far but that's one of the reasons the british pound has been quite strong many people um uh, a lot of you probably follow the british pound um and it's 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 been very strong so that's why you know against the kiwi dollar you know the nz dollar pound cross rate you know we're down um 48 and a half ish you know 48 and a half to sort of 49 and um, that's that's about seven seven and a half percent lower than where we started the year. So that's been 
a good thing for New Zealand investors with you know UK holdings because um, you know UK shares and as, as an example are only up about two and a half percent this year, being pretty subdued. But in New Zealand dollar terms, they're up ten or eleven percent because you've had that currency movement that's gone your way. And if you're exporting to the UK, you would probably be quite happy about that too. That currency weakness would be making you quite a bit more competitive, and that that's why. Uh, the pound has been so weak because inflation has been so high and you know we're, we're all having to sort of ratchet up our expectations of what, for what the BOE might have to do. We actually get an inflation report um, about a, a day before that Bank of England um, decision. So that decision's on Thursday and uh, the, the CPI report, the latest one out of the US, comes out on the Wednesday. So... Um, Markets are expecting that to come down a little bit, but not dramatically. It's expected to come down to about 8.5, which is obviously better than 8.7, but geez, you've got a long way to go. So that um, that will be really interesting and worth keeping an eye on too. Um, here in New Zealand, it's a pretty quiet one. You know, We've obviously had plenty going on lately. Um, last week with the GDP report, that was, that was the important thing, the big one that was watched very closely in the house price data. But this week, a little bit quieter. We've got another dairy auction. Um, dairy prices haven't been going the direction that many farmers would like. You know, $8 payout, um, not bad, but, you know, remember $8 isn't what it used to be because costs are a lot higher. So they would rather that be, you know, eight fifty or $9 just to sort of um, uh, bridge that gap a little bit more. So be good to see uh, a bit of stability or a bit of a turnaround in that dairy auction. We've also got the ANZ truckometer, which is a um, you know sort of an activity you know index sort of thing gauge uh, based on what you see from sort of heavy vehicles, light vehicles, you know, moving things around the country. So that's that's on Friday, and that, that's about it to be honest. Um, not much on the corporate front, uh, either here or elsewhere. The only um, the only company result that really caught my attention was FedEx on Tuesday. Always interesting to sort of see what FedEx is doing. You learn a lot about you know what's happening with the global economy, the US economy, sort of in the same way you do from um, you know the freightways or the main freight result uh, in this part of the world. So FedEx will be something I'm watching um, on Tuesday, but. Yeah, other than that, that's probably about it. Um, June flash PMI is late in the week and um, the Powell testimony to Congress and um, keep an eye on the um, UK CPI and then the Bank of England decision and sort of um, see what that does for interest rate expectations and for uh, the British pound because um, that matters for us either as an economy we still export a few bits and pieces over to uh, the UK, but we do have, you know, as a nation, um, we do sort of hold a lot of financial assets and investments in that part of the world, you know, investment trusts and other sort of UK businesses that we like. So that's um, worth worth monitoring. All right, uh, that'll do me. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will uh, talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.